I'm Shane Thomas, and today I am reading Jennifer Anderson's Buku, the prologue. The way it began was kind of sketchy, at least now. Maybe at some point in time, someone somewhere knew if Dr. Buddy Givens truly was a benevolent genius concerned with saving the world economy. That was the image he sold to governments around the globe, and the one they all bought lock, stock, and oil barrel. A precious few at the time, and many more once it was too late to stop, attributed his motives to greed, megalomania, and out-and-out insanity. Some labeled him evil. Trying hard to be heard above the manic hype, ecologists warned of historical disasters like kudzu and Asian carp when the introduction of foreign species overwhelmed delicate ecosystems. A handful of savvy farmers and ranchers resisted the tidal wave. The religious right, of course, shouted that man-made creature was an abomination against God. In the end, it didn't matter much whether Gibbons' intentions were charitable or malicious or just plain naive. His scientific endeavors, once touted as the thousandth-year solution to all Earth's energy woes, directly contributed to the collapse of modern society, the deaths of billions of people, and the threatened extinction of almost every living thing on God's once green Earth. The self-appointed historians who tried to document the cataclysm made sure to note that Gibbons' group merely invented the weapon that destroyed the world. It was the gluttony of governments, of industry, and ultimately of every owner of gas-guzzling vehicles and energy-sapping electronics that pulled the trigger. The kinder among them pointed out that the populace was weary from years of rolling recessions, and developing countries racing to catch up with their wealthy neighbors were eager for shortcuts. Iris's grandfather always insisted that she not judge the people of 2065 too harshly. He said they made decisions most people would have made in their shoes. Desperate people are so hungry for hope that they will eat anything, he told her. Don't ever get so hopeless that you can't tell the difference between food and poison. To be honest, Ira didn't understand all her grandfather said. But she remembered his words, as she remembered everything about him. What she did understand was that sometime in her grandfather's lifetime, a group of biologists created a new breed of animal. It was officially called a Gibbons hiptardiodactyl, an unholy test tube union of distant cousins, the whale and the hippopotamus, along with, as her grandfather would say, only God and Gibbons knew what else. Massive creatures, at least three times larger than the hippos they most closely resembled. They carried thick layers of blubber under their hides, just as whales did, blubber that could be rendered into oil. In 2064, before they were introduced for sale, some nameless intern in a gray cubicle in downtown Chicago spent an hour on the web and discovered that the Swahili word for hippo was kiboko. In a coffee-fueled Monday morning marketing meeting, that was battered around until it was buku, until it was boko, and then buku. Buku bring buku bucks became the wild-eyed cry of Wall Street that echoed down every concrete thoroughfare, blacktop two-lane, and pothole dirt path that snaked past a field. Buku were huge. Buku were easy to breed. Buku was a completely renewable source of clean, burning fuel. (laughs) 